This is your host Peyton with Girls Gone Right. If you want to follow along with the video format, be sure to check us out on YouTube and hit subscribe. Let's discuss. Hi, this is Peyton with Girls Gone Right. Hey, this is Megan from Girls Gone Right. And we have Michelle Bologna here with us today, and I'm so excited. How are you doing, Michelle? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so good. How are you guys? We are so good. So good. Ditto. I, yes. <laughs> I, so I met Michelle through a friend of a friend a few weeks ago. We went and got lunch, and we just honestly had a great conversation. Yes, we it did. It lasted for hours, and it was so good. And it was one of those things where I'm like, wow, like I wish I took notes <laughs> or had some way of remembering everything that we spoke about because it was so good, and I left that conversation in just in such a better mood. Aww. Just like having, I guess, peace with yes. what we talked about. So we are going to talk about some of those things today and immortalize them yeah let's do it <laughs> i'm so excited michelle so you have background with alternative and holistic health tell us a little bit about your background okay so um well i guess i can kind of start off i'm not even gonna go super far back of how <laughs> i got into it but just i it was kind of a tough childhood kind of upbringing sort of thing and it led me down these paths of like how can i feel better and attract better into my life and it was a series of like dating the same partners and not the same, but you know, different or same energies, but different person. And so I was like, what can I do to like attract differently? Cause I think it's my energy that I'm putting out there. So I went through a whole deep dive of like fixing, not even, I shouldn't say fixing, but like clearing up some stagnant energy within my body. And then I realized how powerful doing this stuff was. And so I wanted to bring that to other people just for one healing chronic pain through nervous system regulation. And for two, just the ability to have people have emotional releases who are so repressed and so suppressed. And I've just seen such powerful shifts, not only within, but like seeing it in my clients. Wow. So it's been really cool. And like, just once they're able to cry on my, on my mat, um, I'm not trying to make people cry. It just happens. <laughs> it's a natural release that happens when you feel safe and soft. They, their life changes after completely. Wow. wow. Yeah. Super cool. That's, that's incredible work. And I think it's so important and so relevant today because like you said, dealing mm -hmm. with childhood traumas or just yes. any sort of traumas. And, you know, we see this in culture of people growing up, becoming adults and having very poor relationships mm -hmm. because of the things that they have Me. not healed. <laughs> yeah. and, that's, and that's where we need people like you. Yeah. But I think that that's where we see all these toxic trends. It's all mm -hmm. these things that have just not been dealt with. They have not healed and they have not yes. addressed it. They just shoved it under the rug. Yeah. And like the biggest part about it, like, you know, that you've basically have unaddressed issues or traumas because you're accepting low level, low value behaviors. Mm -hmm. Like if you valued yourself more and if you felt like you had worth, you would never accept anything less than someone that's putting, pouring love into you and care into you. Mm -hmm. And that was like the biggest thing that I found is as I shifted my energy and started to feel all the love I was pouring into myself, the partners I've attracted have been consistently just way more emotionally available, more vulnerable and more just giving. And it's been really interesting to see what I used to attract to what I attract now. Yeah. I love what you said about the attraction. Mm -hmm. You know your worth, so you're not going to settle and just date someone that's not going to exactly. give you that. And like, that's the thing with society, right? Like, I think so many of us just don't feel that great about ourselves because of just... I guess society's pushing you with all this like 
plastic surgery and all of this stuff, like always telling you you're not good enough. And then maybe behaviors in your home or school dictate that mindset too. And so we're letting men get away with things Mm -hmm. because of the way that we value ourselves. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't get away with it if we were, if we stood in our worth. Yeah. I was just (laughs) saying, I think it's really great to have a holistic alternative instead of a because I think a lot of people automatically go to a clinical mm-hmm. type of therapy. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes that might not work for somebody. So it's great that they have somebody like you that gives that Thank approach. You. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting approach as well. It's just breaking down like what happened in your past healing from that, having a breakthrough mm-hmm. yes. so mm-hmm. you can move on and yeah. then be on the path to better. Yeah. And I think that's something really important too is what best advice can you give to people that are wanting to attract better in their life. That's something that we've talked about last week when we talked about addiction, because we see that when, you know, people are settling in life and they don't have happiness. They just want instant gratification because they don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. So they want something quick and they want something fast and therefore yeah. they are addicted and they have such a low standard for themselves of what that looks like. So they get addicted to social media, porn, hookup culture, all of these things, drugs. To feel something. To feel something Mm -hmm. because their level of self-respect is so low. So what advice can you give to someone that is wanting more out of their life? What can they do to attract that? So I would say, first off, there's no easy or quick or, you know, there's no quick solution to (laughs) this. Like, but my journey started quite literally three years ago. Like before that, I was still in victim mentality, Mm. but... So when I, yeah, when I started, it did end up like shifting very quickly. But I would say the thing, the the advice that I would give is just feel your emotions and don't, don't stifle them because when you actually can fully release the emotions, they don't get stuck in your body. And then when you're going through something and it's allowing the emotions to come up, always journal on what pattern it's presenting because you're going to keep recycling these patterns over and over. If you journal on what similar experiences in your life you've had that relate to this one, because they will, I promise you, if you give it some thought and you really think about it, you'll see patterns and then you'll be able to kind of unlock something within yourself to say, I've been doing this for so long. This isn't just with this partner. This has been a consistent theme in my life. And once you have that recognition, that's all it takes is recognition to never let it happen again. Yeah. Yeah. That is really interesting. We talked about this again last week. Emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. is so rare Mm -hmm. and the lack of it has caused so many issues. People are not in tune with what they're feeling, Mm -hmm. who they are deep down as a person. So you see this front, they get dragged into these social movements, like the self-love movement that's actually really toxic or the feminine feminism movement that's actually really toxic yeah. because they don't have that emotional intelligence with themselves. Yes. So they tie that onto something that's going on in the world. It's almost yes. like giving them that identification. 100% because it's like, it's making them feel like they're superior or just feel something about themselves, but they're not actually feeling within. They're feeling things like they're letting external like situations dictate who they are, how they feel about themselves when all you have to do is just look inward and kind of unravel the patterns in your life in order to... I think yeah. a lot of people have a fear of that. Oh, a lot of people I, do. I, I mean, I can speak for myself. I had 33, just started therapy a few mm. months ago and it has made such a difference. Mm-hmm. But I was one of those people where I sat in fear of, I don't want to deal with my emotions because mm-hmm. it brings too much up and... 
I don't like that side of me. I don't like how that makes me feel. But until you are able to identify what you're talking about, those feelings that make you really feel mm-hmm. in tune with yourself and you figure out why it is that you're feeling that way and how you can get away from, I guess, triggers. Yeah. Um, and the, then you really start to become that person that you were meant to be. Yeah. yeah. And triggers are just teachers. Like the, yeah. the more you get upset about things that are out of your control, mm-hmm. the more you, you can actually take control of that situation and not work on getting triggered. I mean, I had a situation come up fairly recently because I have always had a hard time accepting love because it's not, it's something that's kind of foreign to me. Right. So Mm. I was presented with this amazing human, this man who I honestly, a year ago, if I had met him, I mean, I did technically meet him a year ago, but it didn't work out back then because we both weren't ready. But if I had this situation a year ago, I would have just literally ran us for the hills. And honestly, I wanted to this time around because it didn't feel comfortable or safe for me because my nervous system was not used to it, right? Because I posted about this on Instagram recently where it's your, like you've created this belief about yourself, right? Yeah. You formed a belief and if someone comes to you and presents an alternative, it makes you question your identity and everything that you've told yourself about who you are. So it's makes your nervous system go into chaos because you can't handle it. So what are you going to do? You're going to either freeze, run, you know, just not want to deal with it. But then once you sit with those feelings and you realize this is all me, it has nothing to do with the other person. It's so, there's so much freeness on the other side of it. Like, and now I'm sitting and receiving and it's been glorious. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And we're very pro, pro therapy over here and just, Talking yeah. to someone, although you don't think that you need it. And I think it's something on the conservative movement that is very confusing because mm-hmm. we kind of see that as a weakness, 100%. like getting therapy, mental illness, dealing with traumas and connecting with yourself emotionally is not really like supported mm-hmm. in the conservative movement. Yeah. However, I do think it's so healthy and so important. I think it's something that's ruining our culture that we are where we are in society because of people suppressing these things. Mental health is the worst right now. Yeah, mental health is worst. And it's not medication that's going to fix it. Exactly, It's people reworking how to deal with these things. Suppression does not work. Mm -hmm. You actually have to deal with those things. And I had a really bad relationship in college and I never dealt with it. I was just, it was done and it was really bad. And I never saw anyone after that. I kind of just put it away, lived my life, went through it, and then kind of just picked myself back up again. And I was fine because I feel like you don't know what is what was damaged in that relationship mm-hmm. until you get in another one. I can be fine and single all by myself and don't think that I have any trust issues or anything like that, but you're not giving that anyone to test that. You know, you're just mm-hmm. single. There's no you're, mirror. Yeah, there's no mirror. I'm like, sure, I can trust myself. It's so easy. But yeah. until you get into that relationship again, then you see all those problems that were never fixed. Like, exactly. oh, okay, maybe I can't fully give my trust to someone again. And I'm always going to have that fear of disappointment. And you don't see that until you get in another relationship. And I think, you know, I was just never pushed to get the therapy. I was never really, like, my friends knew about the relationship, 
but I, I never came to mind that maybe I should yeah. seek therapy. So then you just deal with all those things. And it's very interesting because when you suppress it, it's fine until you have to address those feelings again. And you're in a situation where it heightens those feelings yes. and then you get triggered and then you have to feel it all over again, except you don't know how to rework it. You're only going to do what you used to do and what mm-hmm. you know how to do. Yes. Unless so you have the tools to like work yes. with your nervous system. Yes. So mm-hmm. therefore therapy after even, you know, something that it doesn't even have to be somewhat super traumatic. Yeah. It's just, exactly. if you are not processing something in the right way, it's a circuit. Mm-hmm. You have to figure that well, out. Brilliantly I mean, it, said. Yeah. It can be a lot of other things too, and not just relationships. I mean, I'll briefly talk about mine, which when I was 19, my older brother passed away and that was, 14 years ago, and I'm just now realizing that I have not grieved. Mm, yeah. I have not truly grieved. I've been suppressing and pushing that down so far that I've been ignoring all my other feelings and emotions that, you know, I've, I've got to identify how I felt when I was 19 and let that girl have her moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's hard to go back to that place. Yeah. But if you don't, you're just going to continue spiraling in these toxic habits that you create to deal and cope with the emotions that you're avoiding and ignoring. Yes. Yeah. So it's important to address them. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank you. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I think that the coping mechanisms to this as well. Like you experience something I can't even imagine. And just what we have in society going on, I think childhood trauma is something that is so big right now. And I'm not going to point fingers as to why (laughs) there's... But my theory, okay, I'm going to point a few fingers. So we're going to, um, we're going to, I'm excited just, just about the theory, Titan. Maybe two thumbs. No, we're going to go into the theory. I think that we are seeing a lot of mental illness because of childhood traumas that we were not seeing 50 years ago mm-hmm. yes. because childhood homes are broken. We don't, yeah. nuclear families are gone. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of broken households. Children are being raised by their grandparents, a single parent. Yeah. Parents are working excessively. They're not having their biological needs met, which is extremely important in childhood years. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I think, is so, so important. And we messed with that. And now we're seeing the results. Like, mm-hmm. sure, when this was all happening in the early 2000s, they're like, oh, it's fine. But you didn't have, now we were experimenting. And now we see these adults that grew, that was their childhood. They didn't have mom and dad in the household or mom was also working all the time. And so now we have full grown adults that have these emotional issues that Mm -hmm. have not been dealt with. And it's creating all of these toxic trends in society. It's creating depression, anxiety, transgenderism. It's people don't know their identity. Mm -hmm. And it's because things shifted so deeply during childhood years. Yeah. And like to kind of bring it back to when you said like the conservative movement doesn't really accept therapy and releasing your emotion because it comes across as weak. Yes. I think it's the strongest thing you can be is vulnerable and the strongest thing you can be is in touch and in tune with your emotional capacity because you're I like if you're going to keep stuffing down how you actually feel you're in the back of your mind you're going to always be a victim even if you come across as a strong person but you're going to there's going to be a piece missing and you won't be able to connect with people on a deeper emotional level um and you I don't know I just personally feel like the more in touch with yourself you are, the more you can actually ask for what you want in life, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you, you honestly do yourself a disservice mm-hmm. by not embracing your authentic self. Yes. Yeah. Um, and showing not, not just people around you, but yourself, who you are. And it does take time to figure out who you are. I'm still figuring it out. You and okay. me both. Oh, I think we all are. Yes. I think <laughs> if you're not continually, continuously figuring out who you are, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And in my eyes, I would much rather be authentically who I am, whether not all days I'm the best version of myself, but I am being authentic with my emotions and where I'm at in life. And I would much rather be that than put on some sort of facade mm-hmm. and people like me for not even for who I am, just who they think that I am. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of my life, I can I look back and I'm like, no one actually knew who I was. I didn't even give anyone the opportunity to know my heart. Yeah, And I didn't make those genuine connections because I didn't, want to expose myself to the world because I was fearing vulnerability and I was fearing disappointment that someone might not accept me for who I actually am, even on my bad days. Mm-hmm. So I would much rather just deal with like, you know, I'm going to be true to who I am because that is, I cannot imagine living my life. And at the end of my life, I look back and feel a massive regret because I was not my authentic self. That's really scary. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, you live in more regret not expressing your like true identity. And like at the end of the day, healing is just undoing who you thought you were to make way, like you're taking off layers, like peeling yourself like an onion to get to your core <laughs> yeah. of who you're meant to be, like what your actual identity is without all the stories that you tell yourself, yeah. without all of the societal pressure, without all the just conditioning, you know, like it's who you were supposed to be from birth without hear, like hearing those things about who people told you you're supposed yes, to be, yeah. you know? And to add on to that, I mean, I don't think you glow more than somebody who has this. I, I just feel like healing makes you the most magnetic self ever. I mean, I don't think I've glowed as hard as I have. I, like, you are glowing. <laughs> you also have such an energy to yourself, yeah. though. You can feel that. You're yeah. so positive And you just you give off the energy that you accept who you are and you radiate that. You should have seen me three years ago, ladies. <laughs> three years ago. Seriously. Yeah. Like, it's kind of wild how, like, the more you undo and unravel the stories, the brighter you shine and, like, the more opportunities come your way. Yeah. It's quite it's wild. Like it literally works like clock. Weight. Like clock. It's just like, weight, yeah. you know? Yeah. You exactly. Shed. Exactly. You shed. When you let it out, yes. it is, you are shedding yes. skin, you're shedding weight, you're mm-hmm. shedding... Uh, grief, shedding, any sort of turmoil that you've been holding on to for so long. And then what comes out of it? Bright old light. You're a butterfly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think when I was in my 20s, I looked back on photos. When I was in my 20s, I looked much older than I look now. It's kind of wild because I had this heaviness in my face, yeah. in my spirit. Like I had constant bags my skin was just like, it looked gray almost, you know? So it's just interesting to see the transformation. Yeah. Transformation Tuesday. It's the best kind. (laughs) So (laughs) transformation every day. (laughs) So when we got launched, we kind of talked about, you know, the energies. What are a few examples of feminine energy that culture is not embracing today? Mm, Well, I would say the receiving energy. Like women are supposed to, be receivers. They're not supposed to be overly, um, like boss babe. Like we're not supposed to be over using our energy, like divinely, like a divine 
feminine energy is like being able to not saying sit back and don't do anything, like just create and things come to you. Like women automatically attract and receive without having to do much, you know, like we can just focus on joy and fun. And that's again, not saying we don't have to work, but like, just do what you're passionate about. But we're told that we have to do all these things that we don't bring us joy. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't make us feel fulfilled because does anyone feel fulfilled in society being this like big boss? Like maybe to some extent it feeds their ego, but is it filling your soul? I really don't think so. Yeah. It tires us out. We have a lot to think about with like our menstrual cycle, like that exhausts women. Like, sorry if that makes anyone uncomfortable, but it's true. Like, um, yeah. yeah, It's science. (laughs) The science. (laughs) Yeah. I am the science. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. Where's the Yakuza from Crowder when you need them? (laughs) Hit the bites. It's science. It's science. (laughs) Yeah, I just think... Yeah, women are much more in a receiving position and can get more out of life the softer they become. Yeah. I think that that is something that I really struggled with and I'm still trying to focus on and fix and heal from that. I was a liberal back in the day. Wait, did you guys know that? (laughs) Well, I don't know if y'all knew that, but back in my day, I was a liberal, especially in college. I know, I know. But, you know, I'm making up for the lost time by doing this, and I've learned a lot. But something that I'm trying to heal from was when I was in in college, I was a feminist. Mm -hmm. I totally believed all those crazy liberal lies, and it was— Basically, these movements just fill you with anger. Mm -hmm. That's what the feminist movement is. And they fed you this lie that you need to be a boss babe, that you need to hustle, that children are not worth giving Mm -hmm. up a career for. And that's something that I really believed. I wrote an article back in college saying I never want kids because I want a career and I want to work this corporate ladder and be a manager at some Fortune 500 company. Like that was the goal because that's what college is teaching these young females that are so impressionable. And so, you know, that was like my cycle. And I'm like, I want to hustle. I want to work hard. I honestly worked my ass off in college. I had like my senior year, I think I had like four internships, a Mm full-time job. Like I was hustling because I'm like, I want this success that they're selling me. Like I can be successful. I'm just going to have to give up having a strong relationship with a partner and having children. But that's fine because I want to be the man because their society's telling me that I can't. Yeah that type thing. So now I'm at the point where, you know, conservative, I'm on the other side of things. And, you know, I've healed from most things, but that's something that internally, it's really hard to see the other side that I don't need to hustle so much that I don't need to be a boss, babe. And I can be soft and that's okay. Like I need to get rid of those edges that I formed in college and trying to shape that down because it's something that they just really ingrain. And like young woman and any young person is so impressionable. And so when they feed you these values, values that are not (laughs) actually what you should be listening to, it's really hard to undo. So that's what I'm struggling with now. And I think, you know, I'm still, I've done work on it, but there's still some things it's just really hard to give up because if I give that up, like then what? Yeah. 
Yeah. If I'm not going to be a boss babe, <laughs> then yeah. what? In that movement, like now I see it. I'm like, I hate that movement. I, I, I hate that. I hate it Girl so much. Boss. Girl yeah. boss. It's yeah. the whole hustling thing. Hustle culture means nothing. Like you're serving your life to a fortune 500 company that mm-hmm. you're going to be a manager at. That means absolutely nothing to you. And something that I've, you know, shifted in a positive way is that I want my own, my own passion yeah. to be my purpose. I don't want to fill and work someone else's purpose to put money in their pockets mm. to build their business. I don't even care about the money. I want to fuel my passion because that leads to my purpose. Yeah, 100%. And it's something that, you know, we see all these people doing. They're all working 80 hours a week at some corporate job for nothing. What is your return on investment on that? You're giving away your life, your connections, your everything for money. Yeah. Community, like you have very little time for yourself. Yeah. And like, I feel like that as much abundance as people think that's going to give you, it won't because it keeps you in scarcity because you're always going to be chasing the next thing because mm-hmm. nothing's ever going to be good enough yeah. because you have to work for what you want instead of just relaxing into it, it, it. For me, it's all an energetic, like there's the scarcity mindset of working in corporate because for one, you're just a number to people and mm-hmm. you know, you're only going to get like your salary is capped. But if you work for yourself doing like pursuing your passion, it puts you into this energetic of abundance because you're actually giving back to the universe or source or God, whatever you call it, whatever you want to call it. Um, you're giving back in this energy that like it, it makes you abundant because you feel so fulfilled, but you can't really feel fulfilled working for someone else who is mm-hmm. literally just lining their pockets with your like blood, sweat and tears. You know, it's impossible. But when you work for yourself, you, there's possibility and there's no limit and no cap on what you can make and what you can do and how much you can impact, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's really exciting. I think it's the impact piece mm-hmm. that's so enticing to fueling your own passion and purpose is you're not limited to the mission of wherever you're working or whatever that job looks like. Instead, you can figure out where your heart is being pulled. And that's where God is leading you to fulfill. Like listen to that path and you get closer to your purpose and what you should be doing in life. And you just have this moment. It's like a divine appointment Mm -hmm. of that aha moment is I am where I am supposed to be. I am in the right spot at the right time because God wants me to be here. I'm walking my path closely with him. So I feel more aligned with my purpose. And that's something that is so life-changing. Um, what, so if you flip-flop this and you say, you have a passion for something, sometimes the passion can lead to disappointment because not everyone is going to be receptive of that passion that you have. And of course, the hustle of it and and the hard work of it and the dedication that you put into your passion feels good because it's passion. Mm -hmm. It's coming from a place of passion. It's coming from your heart. So what advice would you give to somebody that might be getting shot down in within their passion in that profession that they're trying to do? Um, I guess it does come down to energetics, right? So yeah. like for me, there's so many things I tried that weren't really aligned, but I think you kind of like something can light you up and maybe not be what you're supposed to be yeah. doing, but you're not paying attention to like signs and signals that come your way that actually are meant to be more your path. Yeah. Um, so I think some people get confused because 
it could be just an ego driven, like passion. You know what I mean? Like I want to be big and famous and pursue these different outlets to make me et cetera, X, Y, Z. But I think it comes down to the energetic of why you're doing it Mm -hmm. and what is it giving you and how can you give back when doing it? Mm -hmm. Like, I know there's been so many times, like I thought I was going to be all these different things and just none of them really aligned. And the only, the most natural thing that came to me was the body work. I've been doing the somatic healing. Um, I didn't even try to get clients and they were just coming to me from being on podcasts. Like that's the crazy part is when you're kind of in your purpose, the opportunities automatically unfold. And I told you guys before we started, like the other day, a chiropractor reached out to me about creating a course with him. And again, like I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting back, focusing on building my energy, creating education around or built, you know, expanding my education and my knowledge around what I want to offer for people. And the opportunities are just coming to me because I know I'm on my path and in my purpose, you know, like, and I was going to be creating something on my own, but I'm like, actually, I feel like it feels right to work with someone on this because we're going to be working with men, you know, and having them learn more about how to step into their purpose and become a healthy divine masculine. So like I said, it just, you know, it's the right opportunity for you when it just unfolds. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you, it doesn't require hard work because you still have to have aligned action in what you're doing. But if there's a lot of resistance, ask yourself why. That's very interesting. I mean, everything you said was on point and <laughs> I felt it yeah. because, I mean, all my life I have wanted to be a singer yeah. or, and a songwriter. Yeah. And I, I still do those things, but I was real hot and heavy in it in my early 20s and playing in a band every weekend until I was like 28. And then it just kind of dropped and it went nowhere. And it got really disheartening. I got really discouraged. I stopped writing because I was like, everything I'm writing right now is crap. It sucks. I'm just never going to write a song ever again. Um, And then I started getting really depressed because I was like, where am I going now? What do I have? I didn't go to school. I didn't go to, I didn't go to college. I don't have a college degree, but I know that I want to entertain people and I don't know how, and I don't know where I'm going to do that because obviously this music thing is not going anywhere right now. And then bam, bam. Interesting. Funny how that works. Bam. Bam. And it's just funny how, like you said, when you start aligning yourself with things that you believe in and that really fuel the passion that you have and that fire that you have inside. Mm -hmm. Because when I was younger, I didn't want anything to do with politics. Mm -hmm. Nothing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, this is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, something changed. Something in you. shifts. Yeah, and I think that it's so true that if it's for you, it will happen for yes. you. Yes, mm-hmm. if it's if yes. it feels too hard to do, it's probably wrong. If you're getting yeah. so much resistant in resistance in that path, don't force it. Oh, and I think that's look at it. what even happened here. We met when I first moved to Nashville. Like we literally just got coffee, and we had so much in common. Yeah. But mm. at the time, like you know, there's another co-host on here, mm-hmm. and we had a lot of common interest and things like that. Yeah. And you um, immediately when I met her, I'm like, we connected so well. We hit it off. She had such a great personality. It was one of those things where I'm like, yeah. wow, that was like, so we kept in touch and everything. Yeah. And then a shift happened and mm-hmm. it yeah. worked out so well. There was no 
like forcing it. Yep. There was no, it just happened. It, it really did. And it, it's so far has been a beautiful thing. Yeah. Shift happens. Yeah. And it's a shift happens. <laughs> yes. The good shift. Yes. The good shift, shift happens. <laughs> and I think that's with so many things in life. Like I see friends and even myself too prior struggling to get things that they want in life or they're struggling to find their purpose. Yeah. But they're feeling so much resistance and it's so, it's like they're climbing this mountain and it's only uphill and it's because they're resisting so much. They're chasing after a man that isn't giving them attention. Mm-hmm. And I've done that too. Same. But it never turns out. You can't force something. And when you force things yeah. in life, it never works out because it's not meant to be. And it's like, you know, you're on a wild goose chase and you finally catch the goose and it's a terrible goose. It's like mm-hmm. evil. It's, it's a very evil goose. It's an Biting. evil goose. It's aggressive. <laughs> it bites. And you're like, well, I caught it. And it's mine. Yeah. You don't want that goose. Yeah. Like, it's that's a mean goose, but it's like people hold on to these things that are not good for them. But, you know, it was the chase. They're like, can yes. I get that job? They got it. And now they're holding it yeah. with their knuckles white and they're not going to let go of it because it took, they put in so much effort to get that and they yeah. hate that job. Yeah. And they're yeah. there now and they can't let go because of all that effort that they put in that. Yes. And it's yeah. hard to let go. But I'm like, if it's not for you, if it's not, you know, making you refuel your passion. Like at the end of the day, I feel so recharged from being mm-hmm. able to do this. Mm-hmm. It's never Interesting. like, and like mm-hmm. it's, it's so crazy that, you know, it's a shift and it's something that I don't feel exhausted from. Yep. I never feel like I just need to put my computer away and just be done with it. Or I never felt like I needed to take a break. And doing this for almost two years, I went through a really tough breakup, broke up with someone else at like t- after two and a half years moved out. We lived together. And like all through that, I like sat there. I was like, okay, Peyton, like, well, your whole life just shifted in a week. Like it was a crazy thing that I went through and I had, do I want to keep doing this or do I just give it up? What do I want to do next? And this was like this time last year. And I was like contemplating. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm going through a lot emotionally. Like I don't feel where I'm, where at least trying to have conversation. I don't feel like I can give that energy out right now because I just am going through so much. So I can either just stop it, pause it. What do I do? And then I'm like, let's do Girls Gone Single. I'm going to share my whole thing of what I'm going through because I'm sure other people are going through this as well. So I decided to just put it all out there and what I was going through. And to me, that was like the best thing ever. And I don't know if even anyone listened to it or even cared, but for me to just be able to put that out there and just have some messages of people that are going through the same thing. I'm like, wow, I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. So I just, I'm a share. I will share everything. I put post too much. I (laughs) talk too much on social media and I put so much out there, but because I just feel like I have, I make some connection by doing that. Like someone will comment back and it just, you know, connects me to someone in a way that I wouldn't have done if I didn't put that out there. Yeah, and using your voice is like a tool to help others too, you know, because they can relate to what you're saying and what you're going through. So it's going to have someone else reflect Mm -hmm. on the messages that you're giving them. Yeah, and sometimes I get bad feedback like, hey, you know, what may be why you're feeling like this is because of yourself. And then I like that even more because I'm like, I needed that. I'm in my own echo chamber that is my head. Yeah. So to put things out there and have other people comment back, I'm happy to have good or bad comments because sometimes I need the bad comments. I would hope they're not all good because I'm not perfect. Uh, But, you know, moving on to the energies, what do you feel about masculine energy? Do you think that it is scarce in society today? That's a loaded question. Well, I think that society has 
presented us with the case that masculinity is toxic, but boo. it's really yeah, <laughs> boo. It's really making men kind of suppress their innate masculinity because they're being told to be smaller versions of themselves. And I think Me Too really did a disservice to what is going on in the population because men now are afraid to pick up, pick, yeah, pick up. I was like, what am I trying to say? Pick up women and um, just be bold and be out there because yeah. I don't, I'm like, how far, how far do I want to go with Flirt, this? I mean, just flirty. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. But also like, I do feel like specifically white males too, like they feel like they can't really shine and be themselves because mm -hmm. they're like so demonized in society today. Yeah. And so I think this demonizing male culture is just, it's why we've been able to push the push the the needle so far mm -hmm. in the other direction because we don't have men speaking up because we have men scared, you yeah. know? And it's like things wouldn't get as far as they're getting if men were not made out to look like enemies, you know? Yeah. I don't understand it it's because, quite frankly, um, in order to populate the earth, we need men. <laughs> we need a man and a woman, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> If you want a man, you got to treat a man like a man. Yes, you yeah. do. You have to treat a man like a man and you have to treat a woman like a woman. But I think it also comes down to how we treat each other. And I think it also comes down to how you hold yourself. And that will determine how you're going to be treated. Mm -hmm. yeah. How you carry yourself. Do you respect yourself? A lot yes. of women don't respect themselves. Put that out there. And then they're wondering why men are not respecting them. Mm -hmm. They're wearing minimal clothing. Mm -hmm. And they are just, you know, we talked about this last week, slut shaming. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, they don't carry themselves in a way a woman should. Mm -hmm. And then they wonder why men are not giving them that respect because they're not even respecting themselves. And I know it's such a dicey subject of, you know, self-respect and liberation and the sexual revolution, but I do think that there's meaning in a modest woman that respects mm -hmm. herself. It's very attractive. And and not not even that. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's no, okay. It this um entire movement of like not shaving your armpits and, <laughs> and looking I'm serious, like looking like a yeah. like you rolled out of a trash can. Yeah. That is womanhood. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm sorry. Like it's not. And if that makes you feel good about yourself, great. But don't but does get, it? But don't feel resentment and don't build up resentment towards men when they yeah. don't find it attractive. You don't like my armpit hair? You my don't beard? like my hairy armpits? No, I don't like your hairy armpits. I feel like I'm writing a new version of Go Dog Go I mean, right I now. I think it's attractive. No, I'm kidding. Uh, personally, in a no. man. <laughs> yeah. I like that in a man. It's yeah. like if... There are certain traits that men still expect of women, and that is to make sure that you look Is it such a nice. burden to shave your underarms? I mean, like, is it, is it a pain to put on makeup? Is it a pain? Ah. I honestly don't understand where the where why it's so hard. Like, is it is it such a burden to put on makeup? Yes. It is. Yes. Yes. It is. It it sucks. It takes a lot of time. It takes so much time to look this good, guys. <laughs> but men like that. Some men like might prefer you some days without a lot of makeup. Some sometimes your man might like you to get it all dolled up. 
men like certain traits in women because of your womanhood, your womanhood. They like for you to be womanly. They like you to be girly. They like you to be feminine. They don't like to lift up your arms and see armpit hair. That's not cute. Something that is so annoying about this is when women are like, well, I'm going to dress you know, in sweatpants and a t-shirt and not wear makeup and put my hair up. And if a man doesn't like me for that, he's wrong. But we'll comment when a man gets dressed up and puts on his cologne and he looks good. He has a suit on. A woman is like, damn, that's hot. But when, you know, we come out looking like a garbage bag and a man's not like, oh my gosh. When they're not all over that, it's like, wow, you don't like me for me? No, because you also appreciate a good looking, handsome man that takes... Respects yeah. himself, that carries himself in that way. That's very attractive. Just like a man is going to appreciate you when you take off your sweatpants and you actually put makeup on and take time to, into your hair. He's going to appreciate that. He's going to go, wow, you look really nice. Not only that, but I feel like if you truly felt empowered and you truly loved yourself, you would want to take care of yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. There's also that. Like, I feel like when you want to let yourself go and you think all these things are too much work, I mean, first of all, growing out your armpit hair, I can imagine being very itchy, first of all. <laughs> That's what's yes. so funny. <laughs> but it literally gives me like, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Um, but no, I just feel like, like, regardless of doing it for a man, like, do it for you. Do you yeah. wanna feel sexy? Do you wanna yeah. feel beautiful? Yeah. Yes. I feel like, Putting on makeup changes your energy. Like yes. it's an energetic shift because yeah. you're like, damn, you look in the mirror. I look good. Yeah. I'm yes. feeling myself. I look beautiful. Like, don't you want to say that to yourself and be your own hype girl? Yeah. You know, like I think it's an energy shift to do these things. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with putting on makeup and looking in the mirror and going, I look pretty damn good today. But to shift into the men being scared to say anything in this Me Too movement. It's, you know, especially in the gym, we'll go there because that's the easiest one. You know that when a girl puts on itty bitty spandex shorts and an itty bitty spandex bra and looks in the mirror and goes, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym like this. She knows that she looks good. Yes. Do not get mad at the men at the gym looking at you dressed like that when you know damn well that you look good. Yeah. They're going to look. And you're and you wearing that for a reason. You left the house exactly. looking like that because you wanted somebody exactly. to look. I feel you called wanted out. The attention. I, <laughs> I definitely wore spandex shorts to the gym this morning. And but I will say. not you. I will say that, I mean, I'm there. First of all, by Yakum, it's a conservative brand. <laughs> Second of all, uh, when I went into the gym, I honestly don't. It doesn't bother me. I'm in a public space. If I didn't want to be looked at, I can work out at my own apartment. Mm -hmm. But if I see a man out there that is looking good, I mean, I might have... You're going to look. Put your bench next to his. Is it a bombastic (laughs) side eye? I might have a little side eye there. It's because I'm, you know, a woman that's attracted to a man, and that's my biological nature. Of course, I don't have to stare him up and down, and I can control myself. But if I see a good-looking man, like, I'm going to definitely do a double take. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, I always do. I'm not going to, like... To me, that's where the gym culture is so terrible or anywhere in this culture is if a guy is looking at a girl too much, it's like, why are you looking at me? Like, yeah. because you're you're beautiful or maybe you're wearing something that's attention grabbing. Sorry. Or not wearing enough. Yeah, or not wearing <laughs> enough. There's plenty of reasons why people can be looking at yeah. you. But you also, 
do that too, I'm sure. It's not like this person that is recording all these gym talks saying that people are watching them work out. Oh, you've never looked at a hot man before? You've never looked at a hot man before. And also, like, I'll do a double take if I see a beautiful woman because I appreciate beauty. I look at more men than I look at women. I look at more women probably than I look at 100%. men. And that's because I'm like, her outfit is gorgeous. Yes, you appreciate love her hair, love her there. makeup. Yes. I appreciate it. Yes. And I a hundred percent can openly say I will look at a female more than I look at a male only because it's like, you can appreciate beauty. Yeah. And it's like admirable, you know, like when yeah. a woman puts herself out there to look yeah. beautiful, it's like yeah. society embraces beauty. And I think beauty is kind of like, it's got this like, creative energy to it too, yeah. you know, and it makes you want to like, it, it aspires for you to be better. I mean, that's kind of, or look, you know, just yeah. care more about yourself because you're like, wow, like that is yes. like, that maybe just, I'll change out of my sweatpants today. Yeah, I think that's it holds, inspo yes, for me. exactly. It's like, it holds us to a higher standard, which is why I just don't get, uh, if I can put it back to society. Yeah. Um, why, like I looked Victoria's Secret recently, right? Like they are, putting some plus size models some plus size like mm-hmm. none of the beauty like the no. not, not to say they're not beautiful but like yeah none of those aspirational models are even it's, there anymore it's not it's, aspirational it's not aspirational. no one looks at that mm-hmm. and is like that's what i want to look like i want to be no. plus size and unhealthy i'm sorry that's just it's, i know it's a tough it's thing to healthy. say because you're gonna get canceled for saying that but i'm sorry no one wants to no one strives to be obese. Like, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to shove my mouthful of Twinkies and I'm going to get that bod for summer. No one thinks like that. It's not aspirational. It's not healthy. It's not something that we should be feeding to people in culture because people are so impressionable. It doesn't matter if you're a child. And even when you grow up, you are still impressionable. We're only human and we're mm-hmm. attracted to what we see that are these people on pedestals. Yes. And <laughs> this might be a little controversial, but... Obesity is a trauma response. Yes. Like, I'm sorry, but it's a trauma oh, response. Oh, I, yeah. Base right? take, Michelle. Wait, this yeah. is, hold the water. Oh my God. Hold the water. Did we just become best friends? I thought we became it best is. friends also. No, we just, you're like, actually, we were. I thought we already were. This is, I am so for this. And I think it's because people don't want to deal with their reality. Yes. And whatever they can do to escape that addiction does not just look like drugs and porn or and anorexia. alcohol and strippers and sex. It's yes. it's anything that you cannot yeah. stop doing. That is addiction. If you can't yes. stop scrolling and obesity is a form of addi- an addiction. You're addicted to eating unhealthy. You don't you care about feel yourself. Something. You want to feel something and you don't care the about yourself. giving you that that yeah. fuel to feel. Yeah. And trust me, sugar does make you feel a type of way. Yeah. I'm sure Twinkie does make you feel a type yeah. of way. And not to mention, so like in the work I do with people, when I do, when I, like, so women store a lot of emotions and trauma in their hips, yes. right? Mm-hmm. I know with my personal journey, the more I've released emotion from my body, I used to have a very, was it more hourglass? or pear-shaped figure. I mean, I am Latina, so I guess that has part of it. But like, I had, I mean, I had a lot of trauma growing up and the more I got emotion out of my body, the thinner my frame got. And I've seen it with clients too. You actually lose weight when you just do nervous system regulation and emotional release. So all that to say, yes, it's pure trauma, not just because they're stuffing their faces, it could also be because emotion is stuck wow. in the body. So like that is contributing to making them that large. Cause I don't, I don't believe for a second that 
food could make you that big. Like you would yeah. know at one point, like, no. wait, should, I should stop. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's emotion far. that's like storing in the body as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really sad to see this, you know, where we're at in society because it's not only we have terrible hookup culture. It's not mm-hmm. only people are addicted to so many things, but we have a lot of obese people. And when I see an obese person, I see someone that's really broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone that doesn't, respect themselves enough to take care of their health and body Mm -hmm. and want the best for themselves. And this goes in so, this is related to so many things, but directly obesity as well. These people don't care enough to want better for yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't want that healthy, beautiful life that, that that is your potential. You're blatantly ignoring your potential in life and you're settling and you're just afraid of you know, maybe there is a weight loss journey ahead of you that you're going to have to face and you're too scared to face that. So you're just going to write it out and just live like that. If you truly loved yourself, food would be considered fuel. It wouldn't be considered like it's nourishment. That's what food is. It's supposed to energize you. It's not not supposed to fill up your emotion. Exactly. It's not supposed to be an emotional repression or a way to get you to feel something. The way you feel something is by releasing your emotions. Yeah. Well, and all these um, companies and brands and social media, when you see a larger woman or girl in a bathing suit and all the comments are like, yes, girl, yes, we serve, yes. I'm like, you're fueling this person's unhealthy habits, um, their lifestyle, when this person probably is really beautiful regardless, but really beautiful on the inside, and they're killing their insides. Yes. They're killing themselves from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And the promotion of obesity, unhealthy lifestyles, um, sedentary lifestyle— and to promote it as something as being cool or it's like cigarettes. Do you remember how cigarettes used to be? The advertisements used to be. Yeah. Doctors used to come out and kill people. Didn't know that yeah. one. It's like they, they used to have the cool camel dudes smoking the cigarette on the camel billboards. They're like, wait, what? They kill people? They're bad for you? But then they hmm. they had they, they <laughs> yeah. outlawed those types of advertisers yeah. because it was affecting kids yeah. yep. and children. So there's no telling the damage that is being done on the children today when it comes to this body image that we are promoting in a positive light when it is not, because you're not going to live nearly as long as you could if you would develop healthy eating habits, a healthy lifestyle, getting physical, putting your kids in sports. Come on. Put your kids in sports. And dance. Dance in sport. Yeah. Physical activity, get in in there. If you really love yourself, this is not, the self-love movement is complete bullshit. And if you really love yourself, you will love yourself enough to push yourself to be the best person Mm -hmm. to fulfill that potential. Yeah, not the narcissistic That is self-love, is wanting the best for yourself and choosing the best thing for you, even if it's harder. Yeah. Because not the best thing for you isn't always the easy choice. And sometimes it's a hard choice. But if you really love yourself, you're going to push yourself to your your to fulfill that potential to be the best version of yourself possible. And that is the real self-love. Self-love isn't just acceptance and complacency. Yeah. And that's, you know, where we are at as a society is self-love is just being complacent and being no okay with who you are not realizing your greatness yeah if it doesn't challenge you 
it will never change you. Yes. And like just a little side note, like yeah. I think all of this is true, but then also we're not broken and we're not something to be fixed. We are perfect and whole just mm -hmm. as we are, but we also have so much potential and so much room for greatness, you know? Yeah. And so if we want to realize our potential, we have to challenge ourselves to grow yeah. and to and to just ma like magnetize yourself to bring in just a beautiful life, you know? Like I'm yeah. all about just realizing your potential just so you can create yeah. things that you want for yourself and just manifest this. Yeah. I don't know how people feel about the word manifestation, <laughs> but like manifest just everything that you want in life. I mean, yeah. I think it's so important because right now we're always taught just you're broken. Like you have to be, you know, this person that you can never be like, and that's what is that going to do to your self-esteem and your ego? And you're, it's like a hamster wheel. You're never, whatever you do is never going to be enough. So you are enough just as you are, but you can always improve on what you're doing right now, you yeah. know? Yeah, I love that. I think this has been absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad that we finally got Yay! a conversation in front of the camera so everyone yes. else can hear how good this is because I know that that was just some things that I can now use in my life to better myself. Yeah. And you have such a good energy and you have such a different perspective. Yeah. And especially in the type of culture that we are in, yeah. it's something that's not heard a lot. It's mm -hmm. not something that's out there a lot. I just have like a lot of love to give. I'm like, I want to give everyone love and hugs. No. And if you only knew me, like literally when I was in my peak of victim, I just never wanted to be touched. I never wanted to like li literally touch anyone or yeah. hug anyone. And like now I'm just like hugs for all. No. <laughs> that sounds very Dylan Mulvaney of me. Our girls, though. Yeah. I'll give the hunch, but one of us are girls. Well, there's only three of us. Yes. <laughs> not him. There's yeah. no Bud Light in this room. <laughs> <laughs> but that. we do have girls, Stockner, but they're not sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle, for coming yeah, on. I hope you. that this has helped everyone in the way that it's helped me because that was just such a light. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it was just things that I needed to hear. Truly. Incredible. Truly. You're such a you have, Thank you. You have such a gift. Yeah. Definitely. Don't make me cry. No. <laughs> cry, cry, oh no, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Like, this yeah. was so beautiful and amazing conversation. It was, mm -hmm. it really. was. And definitely the lights make you very hot. But well, <laughs> it, the lights are very hot in here, everyone. We'll play it on the lights. Yes. <laughs> very clumped. I swear I'm not crying right now. It's just the lights. We will give Michelle a Thanks for listening to Girls Gone Right. Be sure to check us out on YouTube to watch the video format and check us out on Instagram at Girls Gone Right.